Hello, friends. So it's the wee hours here. Um, for for some reason, I've been getting up at like four and not being able to sleep. And so I just get up and, I don't know, hang out at the computer, catch up on work, whatever. Um, yeah, and then like conk out at 9 a.m., <laughs> which is really dumb. But whatever. Um, yeah, so I this morning after like working on live wire and being frustrated, I went to my well of, well, my distraction, but my well of inspiration right now, which is Van Neistat YouTube videos. The dude is legit. I just, it's like kind of the kind of thing where you, you, I don't know. Shut up, Caleb. It's a, it's a well. Go watch him if you want, if you want to source from a well. But um, he had me thinking as his video on from innocence to experience and sort of describing this journey of, yeah, like I think like he was interviewing somebody and they, they were kind of framing, you know, a question and like, like, tell me about when you went from innocence to experience. And, and this is sort of like, you know, whatever you can watch the video, but it's got me thinking about those experiences in my life where I went from innocence of like thinking something is what I want or something will be a certain way or I'm going to make it or I'm going to do this thing. And then the experience of it, which is always different. Um, you know, the hurdles, the failures, all that stuff. And then of course, like, and so he kind of caps it off with like success is relief. Like a lot of times success is just relief. And I definitely identify with that. I mean, in literal terms, like, you know, like after a, a good talk at a conference or something, especially early on, it's like the success of that is, is just the feeling of it is, is, is mostly relief. <laughs> like it's over. But anyway, so I started just kind of like, what are my from innocence to experience stories? And I just started writing down like a list of all these stories, largely in my career um, and just kind of chronologuing my journey, which I forget to think about sometimes. And a lot of it is becoming fuzzier. So I really need to write some of it down so that it doesn't just totally fade. Cause I'm sure a lot of it has just, you know, like I'm sure good stories that have built me in some way have just faded into nothing and I'll never be able to rescue them, which is a shame. But anyway, I can write stuff down now. So start writing down these stories. And then, so this story doesn't really fit exactly in the from innocence to experience. So I have like, maybe my, the topic of this is off topic. And my point, um, well, is largely related to the title, which is I pooped my pants. And that is the truth. Um, one time I did that and, and I wanted to talk about why I love what I do now because I can poop my pants if I want, and it's not a big deal. Um, I, I'd, I'd like tried to make my career programming, but videography, like I was kind of spinning up like design videography and programming all at the same time and just kind of seeing which one took me anywhere. And so I was doing like little stuff in all of them, but videography, I shot somebody's wedding for them. And that kind of brought me on a whole journey to like build a business and make a good amount of money and you know, become a videographer kind of thing. And so I was shooting a lot of weddings. I was shooting like weddings every weekend, like sometimes double header weekends, like a wedding on Saturday, a wedding on Sunday. And this grind is just insane. And it's crazy because my wife still does this. She's a wedding photographer. So she, she slowed down, but she, 
has done this for years and years, which is just bonkers. It's what a horrible life. Sorry, Hannah. Um, I witness it from her, you know, she's, but she's got a lot more grit than me. Um, but yeah, let me tell you about, uh, <laughs> about the time I pooped my pants and why I'm glad I'm not a wedding videographer with weddings. It's like this super, super high stakes day, you know, like programming is like high stakes, but you can just like do it over time. But shooting a wedding is like, if you miss this, if you're sick, like you can't just not show, you know? you have to go or you have to find somebody to replace you. And if you do find somebody to replace you, you're like, they found you and they wanted you. And now you're like, here's someone else. It's just, you put it in the contract, but it's not cool. Um, so it, yeah, just this crazy high stakes thing that you, you know, I'd be nervous for like anxious about, and you're just running around all day and you have to get these shots. If you miss the first kiss, you didn't like do your job you know, like in a big way, like this is a moment that for these people is never going to happen again. If you miss the toasts, if you miss the first dance, if you, you know, whatever, all the things you got to do all the things. And it's a long day. Like these things are like eight hours minimum. I used to just not put a cap on it. So I'd be out there like for like 12 hours or more shooting these weddings. Cause you start with them getting ready in the hotel. And then, you know, you just transition throughout the day until basically the bar is closed, you know? So, or like even after the bars close, like they want the sparkler send off. So you're like, all right, well, I'm going to be with you from like 8 a.m. to like 10 p.m., you know, um, whatever. It's just a bonkers lifestyle. And I'm really glad I don't live it anymore. My wife is much smarter than me and has imposed tons of restrictions on that stuff now. Like she just makes herself more expensive so that people don't book her for a long time. And so a lot of people just book her for like six hours. So it's much more manageable and they have to cram their schedule into her schedule. Cause she's like valuable and people like care. But I was just always had this attitude of just like, I'm just like glad you booked me. I'm lucky that you booked me. So I'll give you everything I can. Um, so anyway, there was this one particular wedding day that, and the story is basically just the title. I, I woke up and I felt pretty sick, but I'm like, I gotta go. Like I gotta I got to shoot this wedding. I don't have a choice. And it was like, I remember I got all my like dress clothes on and packed all my bags, double checked everything. And I remember I was like upstairs in my room and ready to, to haul all this stuff down. And I go to do it. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I should have worn, I mean, you knew by the title, you clicked on this, you, you got into some graphic material here. I pooped my pants. Um, you know, I was just one of those, like you're sick. And you, and, and you think that, that this bodily function is going to go one way, but it goes the other, if you know what I'm saying. And it, yeah, it went the other. And I was like, I just stood up and I was like, Hannah was actually shooting this wedding with me. I was like, Hannah, I just pooped my pants. <laughs> oh, it's just hilarious. Cause like, I've only said that once. And, and it was really funny, even at the moment, even though I felt like garbage, but it was one of those things where I was just like, I have no idea what this day, day is going to entail. So I went and like, you know, changed my trousers and brought like an extra pair of undergarments in my camera bag. And I'm like, I'm going to this wedding and I have no idea what my body is going to be doing, but I have to shoot this stuff. If I have to go in the bathroom and be sick half the time, whatever, like I got to just go. Um, yeah. So anyway, and I, I shot the wedding and it turned out all right. I, you know, I was sick and I couldn't wait to get home and whatever, but 
yeah, that's how it goes. Like Hannah just, she had COVID and had to shoot a wedding. Um, and yeah, I forget how that went down. I mean, she talked about it with the people, but like a lot of it's shooting outside and she can wear like a mask, but yeah, she's just like in the throes of COVID, like high fever and whatever. And she just goes and shoots a wedding. Like, man, what a horrible life. Um, again, sorry, Hannah, (laughs) she's calmed down a lot. And I've told her like, you know, you probably should stop doing weddings as much. Um, so yeah, that's that. The, the, the point here is basically, I think there's actually another time that I, this time I did not put my pants. I, I luckily made it to the bathroom, um, thinking I was going to be sick before speaking at a conference, um, Erie day of code one time. I just, I, I don't, I don't think I was like hung over or anything. I just, like felt really sick. I think I was probably a mixture of nerves and yeah, I think probably like a little bit too much, like eating like ridiculous food and drinking and staying up forever, whatever, just like morning of, I was like the first one on stage, I think. And it was like 10 minutes or less, maybe five minutes before I went on and I'm sitting there like, come on, like, don't get sick. What is wrong with you? And I just like ran to the bathroom came back and basically like walked on stage. I, I don't know. I probably told you the story, but I like walked on stage and Matt Machuga, Matt Machuga was like, dude, I was worried. Like, where were you? I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, dude. I'm, but Hey, if I like walk off stage in the middle of this talk, it's because I'm going to be sick. I'm sorry. <laughs> Literally told him that as I'm like on stage putting on the mic and I, I made it through. It was like, you know, you got the, the heat of the moment you're in it but even like while i'm speaking and trying to be supernatural like there'd be moments of just clarity that like i feel like garbage and i'm super nauseous and just it's not this is not good um so anyway whatever i I guess what i'm saying is i'm really glad that my day job is so easy (laughs) yeah there's so many harder jobs and this one's pretty easy speaking is hard this stuff's easy, so thanks for giving me an easy job. Yep. Uh, bye. <laughs>